0: Give yourself the grace of knowing that you're doing the best that you can. Like I just said, there are going to be days when we don't do a thing that's productive or that looks productive from the outside, but we're actually taking care of ourselves. Give yourself the grace of believing you are doing the best you can, even with the use of your time. Welcome to Not Your Mama's Midlife Podcast with Stephanie Lee. On this show, we're going to talk about the experiences of high-achieving women and men across industries and lifestyles who are at about the midpoint in their career and are no longer satisfied to let life happen to them. Together, we're going to purposely create the second half of our lives by addressing burnout and overwork, by getting clarity on how we're creating the experiences of our lives, including how we're keeping ourselves stuck, articulating what it is we want for the second half of our lives and identifying a plan to achieve it. And welcome to Not Your Mama's Bedlife podcast. I'm your host, Stephanie. This week is going to be the last week of a series that we've been doing on decluttering. And it's actually been a couple of weeks since I did one of these episodes. I interrupted a little bit with my interview with Louise Lewis, and then with an episode last week about planning a girl's trip. So we're going to return this week to the idea of decluttering your time or decluttering your calendar. And why is this so important? What does it even mean to declutter your time or your calendar? What I would suggest is the answer to getting the life that you want is not As many of us would think about doing more, about finding more time to pursue that thing. It's actually about finding ways to do less. And that's because the life that you want, the life you want to create, the chapter you want to create for the second half of your life, it starts now. We don't know what tomorrow holds. We don't know what's coming down the pike for us. And we can't afford to put off the things that are important to us in this life until this other thing is fixed. So you may not have the freedom and latitude to just leave your job and go work at a bar on the beach or make coffee or sell surfboards or whatever tomorrow, but you do have the ability to change your life today. And if you want to change your life, it's imperative that you do so because you don't know again what tomorrow holds. So don't wait until you can leave a job or a career that no longer lights you up. You don't want to wait until you've finished working through. If you're a professional development junkie, you don't want to wait to have the life you want until you've finished going through your shit. You don't want to wait and put life off until you retire. I was with some professionals last week and- Oh my gosh, the conversation that came up, they were talking about a mutual friend. And one of them said, did you hear she retired? And then several weeks later, she passed away. And oh my goodness, the number of people you hear about that retire and then pass away. And one of the people on the call said, yep, that's just why you shouldn't retire. That was not what I thought when I heard that, but it was also such a call to me to remember Don't put your life off until you retire. We've been told that responsibility looks like postponing everything, eating your vegetables first and saving the best for last. But folks, the reality of our lives is that we don't know when our time is up and that's okay, but we want to live our lives today and we know our lives are going to be a mixture of good stuff and bad stuff and routine stuff and exciting stuff. And all of that is okay too. One of the things that is so imperative when we think about decluttering your calendar or your to-do list is the idea of reacting and responding. So many of us just live on a routine day-to-day. We get up, we do the same thing we did yesterday. We might even eat the same breakfast, go to work, work for about the same amount of time. At the end of the day, we come home, we're tired, we make dinner, we crash on the couch, we get up the next morning and we do it again. How many of us live that life? It's a reaction just to what presents itself to us. And there's totally nothing wrong with that. If that is fulfilling you, if that is satisfying you, number one, you probably aren't listening to this podcast, but if that is satisfying you, there's nothing wrong with that at all. But if you have that churn within you, that desire for something more, you don't want to live your life in reaction. You will need to find a way to break that endless daily cycle of getting up, going to work, coming home, crashing, doing it again the very next day. So I am going to suggest that you declutter your calendar in the same way that I suggested you declutter the rest of your life and that you declutter your mind. We're going to take our closet metaphor once more, and we're going to take everything out of it, put it on our bed. So what does that mean in terms of your calendar or your to-do list? First, I would take those two documents, be they digital, paper. You may have 14 different calendars for all of your various Google email addresses. You may have a work calendar. You may have a work to-do list and a home to-do list. Bring all of those things together and put them where you can see them. Spread them all out and take a look at what you have going on. And then beyond that, Take into account the things that don't show up on your calendars or your to-do lists. So this is going to be things like sleep. For many of us, it's going to be working out. Some people put working out on their calendar. I happen to not do so. Reading. Before bed. Spending time watching television with your spouse or your kids. What are the other things that happen in your life on a day-to-day basis? Probably that don't show up on your calendar. I'm intrigued by this, right? Because the number of us that have so many hours of our day that really don't show up anywhere when we're planning and when we're thinking about how we spend our time. But we know, for example, that we're spending a chunk of our time at the end of the day, watching television. What about errands and chores? Where do they show up on your calendar? Your to-do list. Now, if you... You'll need to consider what works best for you here, of course. But what I would suggest, particularly if you work outside of the home and you have kind of a structured nine to five, maybe when you set up your calendar moving forward, when you begin to put items back onto your calendar, or, you know, as we've talked about before, like putting the clothes back in the closet, I would suggest having a separate calendar for your work time. I would even suggest going through and doing a decluttering process of your work calendar as a separate activity. They're just so very different and the objectives are different. If I'm thinking about what I want from decluttering my work calendar, I'm thinking about things like efficiency. I'm thinking about getting the most done in the least amount of time. I'm thinking about creating space in my day to do the tasks that light me up and maybe interspersing that between some tasks that I might find cognitively draining. I'm scheduling in time to do email. That's really not what I'm talking about with this sort of big picture calendar and time decluttering task, but it can be something that you do as a result of it. And I think it's totally worthwhile to do so. And maybe doing the same myself actually over the summer, which is a great time for many of us in many of our professions to sort of reorder our minds and think about what we want for the next year. So I think there are some sneaky parts to our calendars. As I talked about the things that don't show up on our calendar but that actually absorb a whole lot of our time. And so TV watching is a great example, but I don't say this to demonize watching TV. I don't say it to give you guilt. I don't say it because you've got these couple of hours at the end of the day that you're sort of default using in a way that doesn't necessarily take you towards your dreams. Because there's a reason you're sitting at the end of the day, if that's what you're choosing to do and watching a couple of hours of television with your husband, with your spouse, with your kids. And it'd be interesting to ask yourself why. Are you doing that? Because that is the way that you unwind. Because the work day that you currently have is so stressful that you really need those couple of hours to unwind. At least that's what you believe right now. That's the function that that's serving for you. Or is that couple of hours of watching television, is that a way that you spend time with your spouse or with your kids? Maybe you're not sure what exactly you all have in common or would like to do for fun. If not, watching the shows that you both enjoy. Maybe watching TV in the evening goes hand in hand with eating, with having dinner, with having a dessert after dinner, maybe a little later snack. What are the routines that you've got in there that are actually consuming your time that don't feel like intentional decisions about the use of your time, but are taking up a large chunk of it? Or are you simply watching TV because you don't have something else planned? And if you did have something else planned, what would that be? You know, we talked about using the television to unwind from a stressful day. Is it the best way for you to unwind? It's what you're doing to unwind right now. And that's totally fine. But might there be some other things that you'd like to do that would help you unwind? Maybe. Might there be some other ways that you'd like to spend time with your kids or with your spouse? Maybe. But again, this isn't an opportunity to feel bad about how you're using your time. It's really just to allow you to examine it and to see. And it's so interesting, right? Because I say that, and even as I say, this is not about guilt. Many of you are going to say, wow, I spend two hours every evening watching TV and I really shouldn't do that. That's not helping me. And that little just kind of shaming remark you're making to yourself, it isn't helping move you forward. Give yourself credit for doing the best that you can right now. You're stressed, you have found a solution. Good for you. Maybe you choose to find a different solution going forward, but this is an opportunity to recognize that you are doing the best you can right now and that that is okay. What if you gave yourself the benefit of the doubt? That you are doing the best you can, even with your time and even with your calendar. So now that you have pulled all of these things out of your closet and put them on your bed. So you've got everything from your calendar. You've got everything from your to-do list. You've spread it out on the desk in front of you. How do you begin to make decisions about what you want to put back on your to-do list and back on your calendar? And I'm talking about to-do list and calendar sort of interchangeably here. Something that Laura Vanderkam talks about that I think very beneficial. And if you haven't Avail yourself of her resources. I do suggest that you Google Laura Vanderkam. She's got some great books on time management and productivity, but one of the things that she talks about is looking at the way that we spend our time more in weeks than days. So think less about what do I want to do every day and think more about what are the things that I want to have spent time on each week. And then you may spend two or three days a week dedicated to a specific project or something but it's, it's within the context of a week. You're not trying to wedge 15 minutes of this in and 15 minutes of that into every day. So I love this idea. Laura also has a book called, I think it's 168 hours. Um, it's whatever 24 times seven is, uh, because she takes a look and has her readers really account for by, by half hour increments, how they spend their time. And if this is something you have time to do when you're doing this audit, when you're doing this decluttering, I totally recommend it. It's really illuminating because you will undoubtedly discover things you didn't think about, even when you were trying to account for those things that don't actually show up on our calendar or to-do list. Again, putting things back on your calendar. So what are your minimum baselines? I've talked a lot on the podcast about what mine are. So sleep for sure and walking. Are you giving yourself enough time really? Sleep. I had a conversation with my friends actually when I was at the beach, the beach trip I talked about on the last podcast. We were sitting around the table, um, and two of us are retired, and two of us are still working for the most part. And the discussion was that the two of us who are working really like to have nine hours of sleep, but the two who are retiring, they actually can do okay on seven. It's so interesting to me, if you start to hear people in the workplace talking about how much sleep they need, people will often say, well, I can't, I can't get more than seven hours of sleep and I just simply have too much to do. So consider how you show up and how you work, be it on both professional and work tasks and in your home when you're a little sleep deprived, not a lot of sleep deprived, just a little sleep deprived. What would it look like for you to really catch up on your sleep? I've observed too, for me doing a lot of personal development work, it's actually pretty emotionally tiring. I find myself needing more sleep as a result. That is not something that I anticipated, but I'm giving that to myself. So what does it look like to give yourself enough sleep? And then what are your other minimum baselines? For me, I mentioned it's walking. What do you need to do? Maybe for you, it's 10 minutes of meditation each day maybe it's 30 minutes of writing morning pages it could be anything that sets you up for success during your day you know if you can do nothing else for you it's going to be this thing be sure that you allow time for that it also helps when times are crazy and pushed and you're thinking about what do i need to do and Everything is just simply so busy in your mind. You know what your minimums are. You know what you can put into the schedule for you. You immediately go to, yes, I'm busy, but if I'm squeezing something else in, it's going to be my walk. Or I know I'm shutting down at the end of the day so that I can actually get good sleep. Because with sleep, it's not just about the time. It's also about the quality. When you're setting up your calendar, we're always so tempted to think, well, I can do this. And then I can actually do that too. And I could, I could for sure do this and I could squeeze that in. I can do that a little bit faster. What if you built your calendar out with actually less than you expect that you could do, where you had no doubt that you could accomplish what you put on your to-do list or your calendar for the day? Just give that a try because that helps you also to build a level of trust with yourself to know if I put it on my calendar, if I scheduled this particular report to be read and edited between two and 3 PM, I know that it's going to happen during this time. I don't have to think it's probably going to happen if I can get there, or if I can complete it, know that it's going to be able to be done during that time. So scheduling yourself for a little less than you believe that you could get done in a way is another way first to be kind to yourself to be realistic because come on, of course, things are going to come up and to allow you to build some of that trust with yourself. Take a look too, to make sure that the way that you're spending your time aligns with your priorities, knowing that your priorities are going to shift over the course of your life and depending on the seasons that you're in. You may be in a season right now where you are running carpool for hours every day, but you know, this is for a limited amount of time. And it's because you've selected and chosen activities for your kids that you believe are going to set them up for success. And so right now it feels like it's making your day cluttered, but it aligns with your priorities. It's what you want to do. Very little that happens in our lives is forever. So there may be these seasons when raising your kids, there may be intense seasons on the calendar at work. My sister-in-law works in accounting, you know, her year end at the beginning of the calendar year is just back to back. Nothing else is going to get done when she's pressed in that schedule. For myself, I've talked about my travel schedule at work. If I have a list of things, personal things that I want to do during those travel seasons, I am almost inevitably going to be let down, disappointed in myself because of things that I scheduled that I didn't have time for. If I can just be a little realistic and recognize I don't have any margin at the end of the day, either at the beginning or at the end, and I'm going to be exhausted on weekends and think about what are the minimum things I do to take care of myself again, walking sleep. And then what are the few things that I need to get done personally that I'm willing to put on the calendar that I know I can accomplish even during those busy times. And as you're putting things back on your calendar, take a look and identify some things that might be, might have been on your calendar for years. Might have been routines in your schedules, but as you look at them, they're taking your time and they're not actually bringing value to your life. Perhaps this is something, an obligation at your church or at your kids' school or at your office that you've agreed to years ago, maybe but that now you're ready to let go of what do you need to be ready to tell someone else that you're ready to let go of that thing i was listening to a podcast the other day and i let's see this is going to be the self compassionate professor and i wish i remembered who she was interviewing i'll see if i can find it but she was talking about the stories that we have about time and the host of the podcast was saying you know we all we all feel like we just don't have enough time And the guest said very slowly, yes, but you know what? I actually don't think that's a problem. And what she went on to say was was a little bit different than how I've heard it put in other ways. It was essentially, we use time as almost shorthand for all of the much bigger insecurities and issues that we have with doing a thing. So say, for example, you want to write a novel. And in my circle, I have a lot of friends who are in the midst of writing novels. Maybe you decide my schedule is slammed. I'm going to actually just schedule a weekend where I can have a personal writer's retreat. And I'm going to go for two and a half days, get myself a cabin, sit alone quietly and write. Well, now you have the time. But what comes up when you have the time? That's the writer's block. That's the insecurities that's the i don't actually know how to do this. And so saying that we don't have time, relying heavily on that we don't have time story keeps us from solving from the other things that are getting in the way of what it is we want to do. And so I just offer that to you as a consideration. Because there is no option of more time. We do know that for all of us, for all of the People on this planet from any areas, any professions, any part of the world, we all have seven 24 hours days, 24 hour days in a week. And it is all about how we use them. And that is entirely up to us. And I think that's worth emphasizing because we do have a way of talking to ourselves and talking to others about how our time is not our own. Our time belongs to our family or our time belongs to our company. And when we do that, we are handing the reins over to somebody else and saying they have control of us. And that is actually never true. Even when you say, I have given, you know, my company is in charge of my time. They're not. You're making the decision to keep that job, to go to that job. To show up at the time that perhaps they've asked you to, or earlier or later. Those are all your decisions. So don't hand your control over verbally. It really impacts us to talk about things as if they are happening to us. So I have a couple of takeaways for you that I would suggest are the most important things as you're thinking about how to declutter your time and your calendar. The first is simply to reflect and change. You know, we're such creatures of habit, we like to do the same thing every day, every week, every month, whatever. But be willing to look at your calendar at the end of next week after you've done this process of decluttering and say, what worked for me, what didn't, and what can I do differently next week? What did I like? What interrupted my schedule? What can I plan for? All of those things. Ask yourself those questions and be willing to move the pieces around on the chessboard. As I've talked about endlessly on this podcast, don't spend your time, your most precious resource on default. Don't let it just happen to you. Take control and intentional use of it. Even if your use of it is to just sit on your butt that day and watch some Bridgerton. Give yourself the grace of knowing that you're doing the best that you can. Like I just said, there are going to be days when we don't do a thing that's productive or that looks productive from the outside, but we're actually taking care of ourselves. Give yourself the grace of believing you are doing the best you can, even with the use of your time. And don't try to make these enormous changes in how you're spending your time. What does it look to dial, change the dial just a little bit this way or a little bit that way? And the last thing that I would leave you with again is that life has seasons. Something that I have had in my mind, I don't know, forever is like, if I'm scheduling that I want to walk, you know, I want to walk in the early morning every day or at least five days a week all year long, regardless, or that time of day doesn't work. And something that I have been learning to really accept is that there are going to be times of the year when I like to work out in the morning because the weather's wonderful. And there are going to be times of the year that I want to work out in the afternoon or evening, because that is when the weather is wonderful. That's just the actual seasons of the year, but they're also just seasons of our lives. There are going to be seasons of our lives when we spend a lot of time on our hobbies, on personal growth, on spending time with friends And there are going to be seasons and chunks of time when that's just not on the calendar at all, when it's all about our job, when it's all about our family, be open to those times and recognizing that it's going to ebb and flow and rolling with that and finding some comfort and some willingness to roll with it. This too shall pass are always good guiding words. All right. Well, I hope this information is helpful to you as you think about decluttering your calendar and decluttering your time. It's been a pleasure these last few weeks talking about how we can declutter our lives, how we can do a little bit of spring cleaning in this first part of 2023. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode. And I hope you're going to join me back here next week for our next episode. I'm looking forward to spending that time with you. If you are enjoying the podcast. Let me ask you a favor. Find an episode that you think a friend would enjoy, something that would speak to her specifically, and send it to her. Ask her to give it a listen. And if you're really enjoying the show, I would be so grateful if you would go to Apple Podcasts and leave a rating and a written review. It helps other people to find the show. And frankly, the self-development place, its space is just huge and littered with podcasts. So I would love to get some more eyes on Not Your Mama's Midlife Podcast so more people are aware of the resources and the tools that are offered here. It's been great spending this time with you this week, and I can't wait to do it again soon. Bye.